So let's look at Ephesians 2. Today I want to talk a little bit about um, the life group and then how we, our plan to develop leaders at Face to Face Church and to empower people to do ministry. So we're going to be on kind of the second uh, two-thirds of the process there, life group and ministry teams. But Ephesians 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Okay, so verse 8. We have been saved by grace. Mm -hmm. by, By grace through faith. And that it is not anything to do with us. We have nothing to boast about when it comes to our salvation. Jesus did it all and then just invited us in and all we did was say yes. And we're in. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You're saved. Like, and it was like, it's all him. There's no boasting in that. And it was not as a result of works. So we did not get saved by works. For we are his workmanship, in verse 10, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So we did not get saved by works, and we also did not get saved from work. We did not get saved by our own work, and we did not get saved from work. We actually got saved for work. Partially. That's obviously not the whole reason we got saved, but we were saved and brought into the family of God to work. I believe in rest. I believe that, you know, God wants our souls to be at rest in him at all times. But I also believe that he's called us to work and to work hard and that sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes he calls us to do stuff that's not fun or easy. Because there would be no need for perseverance if there was never any difficulty in life. And the Bible has a lot of great things to say about perseverance. I did nothing to earn my salvation, and I can't work to keep my salvation. It's not about that. But now that I'm in relationship with God, I get to partner with Him. I get to discover how He's made me and partner with that to change the world. To express over in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, The manifold wisdom of God is to be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. The multifaceted, multidimensional, manifold, multicolored wisdom of God is to be expressed by the church to the rulers and the authorities. So the people of God get to. We have the privilege of discovering how God wants to manifest his wisdom through, through you, through your life. What is it about divine wisdom and God's heart that he wants to reveal to the planet through you? How, do you, how are you called to uniquely express the grace of God, the love of God, the kindness of God, the wisdom of God to a broken and hurting world. Because we're all different, right? Yeah. There's things that I really love to do that some people are like, nope. Like public speaking. 
You know, like a lot of people, that's their biggest fear. It's actually my favorite thing to do. You know, that's because I was born to do it. And some people, and a lot of other people weren't. And no calling is greater or lesser than anybody else's, you know? Yeah. You won't often hear me say, if I'm prophesying over somebody, you have such a great call of God on your life. Because I don't want to give the idea that anybody listening has a lesser call than the person who's receiving ministry. Because you could be called to be a missionary and see millions of people saved and adopt 100,000 orphans and be a billionaire at the same time and be the president of whatever nation you're in and like all that stuff. And there, somebody else in the room is called to be a secretary nine to five in America and love his or her family really well. And that is not a lesser calling than the person who's doing all the other stuff, right? There's no comparison in the kingdom. It's just find your, find you, and then do you in relationship with God. Because you won't find you real well without, outside of relationship. Yeah, there's absolutely no comparison. And that gets into this empowerment side of things is like, we want to find, as we get to know each other, we want to find out the strengths, the callings, the giftings of the people around us and champion those things. And celebrate them, you know. If you're called to be successful in business, and somebody else is called to be successful in uh, what we would call church ministry, church leadership, or something, we want both of those to be championed equally in our community. Mm-hmm. And we believe strongly in that. That's not something that I'm. That is a hill I'm willing to die on. There's a lot of things I'm not willing to, you know, get in fights over. But that's something that I will. I'm going to stick to you stay in your own it's just interesting in community like there's no comparison and you should run your race you should stay in your own lane and not look to the left to the right see what other people are doing like you run your race but at the same time we're also running you know with our arms locked as a family you know this is kind of a different picture that we we go together you're pursuing your individual calling in the context of our corporate calling. Yeah. <laughs> you pursue what you're called to do, but intri- in, uh, intricately woven into the fabric of the body. For encouragement, for support, for comfort when you need it, for when you're, you're having a hard time, there's comfort. When you need to get stirred up and you need a kick in the butt, there's somebody ready to give you a, a nice kicking the butt so you get up and get back to what you're called to do like we need each other for many different reasons so our heart as leadership is we want everybody to find their passion and go after it at the same time we want everybody to connect to the bigger to the vision of what we're doing as a community and plug into that because one serves the other they both they both serve each other the individual and the corporate. So life groups, you know, as we grow, the home groups, the life groups is going to be a great place for us to support each other. So just really walk with each other. Life groups is where we do life with each other, really get to know each other. So just briefly a little bit about life groups. 
I see three purposes for them. Uh, number one, connection with each other. Uh, number two, uh, teaching. And that won't, that won't usually look like me or the life group leader standing up and preaching a sermon during life group time. Um, it could be a DV, a short DVD lesson, you know, curriculum that the group decides to go through. It could be, it could be the life group leader sharing, or it could be like a Bible study discussion on a topic, but it's a place where some topics you can get in a little deeper through like staying on one thing for a number of weeks and having a discussion about it. And that's wonderful. Uh, more so than what can be done on a Sunday morning. And then the other purpose is outreach. Some life groups will probably be closed where a group of people says, you know, we're going to just, we feel like, you know, the eight of us or the 10 of us, we just want to be our own thing for a season, maybe to go through a study or just be really intentional about getting to know the, that those getting to know each other. And that won't be an outreach type thing. Uh, but I imagine most of the time the groups will be um, open to bring friends, bring the unchurched, the unsaved, somebody who might be seeking a home church, like feel free to invite them. So it can be a point of uh, reaching out where somebody might not feel comfortable coming to wherever we're meeting on a Sunday morning, but they'd be happy to come to your house for a Bible study or dinner with friends. And so that would be very much encouraged. Um, Young E. Cho, who pastored what, pastors what once was the largest church in the world um, in Seoul, uh, South Korea, built built it on home groups. That was their main outreach strategy was home groups. Invite your friends, have Bible studies, have food together, reach out to your neighbors, adopt your neighborhood and invite everybody and, you know, and then grew their church to, what, a million people or 750,000 people. That's a big church. And then the other thing about, the other big purpose for life groups is leadership development, developing leaders. So I guess there's four. Connection with each other, teaching, outreach, and developing leaders. Ideally, I'd love to see every life group have a leader or a couple who is leading, and then an assistant or a couple who is assisting. And the assistant leader could be developed and sent to plant another, so it's kind of like a mini church planting thing, but life group, home group planting. Or maybe the assistant leader just wants, feels called to assist and they stay there. But one of the roles of the leadership of the group is to identify people within the group who have the potential to be leading future groups and to develop them and empower them and eventually send them to launch another group. So if you're a life group leader, one of your roles is to be watching, looking around and seeing, okay, that person, we work with that person for a little while, they're going to be ready, you know, or that person's ready right now, let's pray about timing and send them out to launch another group. Does that make sense? It's pretty straightforward, and I don't know how to gracefully close the recording, so Lord, bless everybody who's listening to this. We love you. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Okay,